everybody. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Pretend I just said that in Korean. Joining me today as co-host, my fave co-host of all, no co-host, but I do got a couple of guests who are my co-hosts on another podcast called Trend Pony. Uh, who goes first? Jessica Singer's here. Hi. <laughs> That's me. I'm Jessica Singer. And Jen Scott. See, now I've just taken over. I introduce you now. And then I do first. like that better instead of us guessing who should talk first. Sorry, Jen, go ahead. <laughs> Hello, pervs of the world. Gossip How girl. is everyone doing? Uh, since we really... recorded last, it's been so long since I've seen you both. I know. It's um, been ages since we recorded Trend Pony. If you are a subscriber to the network, then you would have heard uh, the Friday episode of trend pony just went up we briefly mentioned a documentary about a k-pop group called black pink and then we quickly moved on because we had already planned to fight about it on this episode <laughs> black pink do 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 hit him with it i love that song i love kill this love kill this love is like on many playlists Let's i have kill this I watched this documentary uh, the other night on Netflix and uh, they make, they, they have very good songs and uh, they all seem nice and hardworking, but boy, did I have some concerns while watching that mostly for the safety and happiness of the girls in the group. Yeah. I don't like seeing any children work. That's honestly how I feel. I don't like seeing, that's why I have like weird issues with child actors. I have, when I, I just don't. That's not what you should be doing. You're a child. Yeah. And that, one of them even literally says that in the documentary. She's like, no, I don't have any regrets. I mean, I guess I wish I had a childhood, but it's fine. Like, she's, she's like, I wish I had high school experiences. Yeah. I had these initial concerns watching this documentary. And then I was like, oh, we should talk about it on and on Pops with Jen and Jessica because they fuck with this. And then I started. I barely do, to be honest with you, Adam. It's all my fault. It's all Jen's fault. It's all my fault. I like like five K-pop songs. I no longer like to listen to music in English. (laughs) And as I was as I was googling around, I was like, I want. Are there any other concerns with K-pop besides the ones that I personally (laughs) raised in while watching the documentary within myself? And uh, oh boy, there's so much. They are. it's an interesting industry. That's that's for sure. Jen, how did you get into K-pop? Literally, I pay attention to new music coming out all of the time. And I, about like three years ago, found one of their music videos. And I fell into a rabbit hole of BTS. It, I was going to say, was it BTS that you it found first? Yes, it was BTS and Blackpink that I pretty much found the same probably week because when I like music it's like I will then just consume all of it and I love it I think that anyone who likes music production or like just high production value and visuals audio anything would appreciate k-pop because the way everything is orchestrated is really really trying to do whatever whatever else has been done to the nth degree so like the dancing is out of control the fashion is out of control the music is very 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 pop it is so pop <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's very pop and r&b the songs are good the the guy who produces all of Blackpink's songs they interview him and they feature him a lot in the documentary he's a very good producer like, yeah and he mm-hmm. used to be in a k-pop band and i'm right. like that's probably the best case scenario for someone that used to be in a k-pop band is to produce future k-pop bands yeah because i'm sure if not when you get out you're like what do i do with all of this and hopefully like <laughs> people who have been within the system then will pay it forward as far as treating people goes because they know how and hopefully it's not like generational trauma where it just gets passed on and said people recognize behaviors and actions but it's pretty early in the industry k-pop only really became pretty prevalent in the 90s so we're only like 30 years in and people in america are just now starting to be like what yeah one of my concerns about the music 
which is, it's not my concern. Everyone, a lot of people have this concern is they, they definitely borrow from black musicians very heavily. And I know a lot of artists have done that throughout the years, but what I don't really see with K-pop and correct me if I'm wrong, but do they ever talk about their influences? Do they ever say, oh, if you like us, you should check out this band from the 90s. You'll really like them. I know that BTS does, but their members write and produce most of their songs. And so I haven't really heard that from Blackpink. And I did try to look up if they've ever talked about their music influences. And it doesn't seem like anyone's asking them those questions to them. It seems like they're like, who's the bitchy one? And it's (laughs) shitty. Um, But with BTS, people are like, what inspires you? Because their whole message is to love yourself. So people kind of like dig a little deeper with them. And I think that that's intentional, but I don't know if that's the direction that everyone else is going or if they're just like the gold tier. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's typical of like female artists in general. I feel like we rarely ask like group of women actors on a film, like what's your, well, maybe more so now, but like it used to be like, so who do you actually beef with? Like And like, yeah, that's just a problem with journalism. What's it like being a female comedian? I can only imagine what it's like as a K-pop idol. I'm sure you get to have a vagina. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it's... yeah, I just I just don't listen to a lot of this music, so I don't have a lot of Hollywood yeah, facts. The thing is, when I was watching <laughs> this documentary, like that was almost my main concern. I was like they're fucking stealing from 90s rap and R&B. And then as I started googling around, it is the least of my fucking concerns <laughs> when it comes to K-pop. But I do think they really toe the line between, uh, oh, this is an, an homage to black culture and uh, we have a black fetish. Like, it feels like kind of a fetish in K-pop as opposed to, because like you mentioned the producer and how he used to be in a boy band. There's a clip of him rapping, uh, presumably when he was in this boy band, and everyone behind him is literally dressed like gang members. Why? Like, and not like South Korean gang members. I wouldn't even know how to identify that, but I can spot someone who is intentionally trying to dress like a South Central Los Angeles gang member. But wasn't that also just like the hip hop style at the time? No, like it is, but there are differences between those two. And it's like, why does it need to be that? Like, why do you need, like, why do you need cornrows to pull off this song? Like, um, yeah. I think that a lot of it came from America's influence after the Korean War because they wanted to help their economy by making the music industry um, an international thing opposed to just a like Korean thing so that they would have an export and it was music. And they're like, well, what does the rest of the world look like? And it was hip hop. And so they were like, I want to be those dudes. Those dudes fucking rock. And they don't have the cultural lens of everything that's happened in America because they literally just got out of a war in their own country. And they were like, well, Korean culture is very much, let's find a thing and do it to the best of our ability. So that with music and culture went crazy and i don't know that not to say that it's not racist or cultural appropriation but to say that like it's a fetish i don't know if that's accurate yeah i just i don't know i guess i don't see the point in a lot of it like the songs would be fine without that i feel yeah i feel like it's almost like a weird mirroring thing yeah it's kind of like like i don't know what to do i don't have an identity i'm gonna do that And also, I'm not Korean, so I can't speak to that. This is only what I know of, like, really not even knowing much about Korean culture for very long and really knowing a very small scope of what that is. And never have I've I've never been there, you know, so I wish I had a Korean person to ask what they thought the influence was like, but I don't. And I also wish I had, like, a black person to ask if they were offended, but I don't. So I don't really feel like I am the person to speak on that also. Yeah, but there's... There's some aspects of it that you don't really need anyone to tell you it's offensive. Like for one thing, there's like people, you can read articles from people who have voiced their... Completely. And all of their feelings are completely valid and K-pop should do everything they can to listen to them and change. And I think that they're headed in the direction of that. Yeah, I hope they are because one of the things that 
I know here's the thing. A lot of what we're going to bring up is a cultural thing. Like Mm -hmm. the way women are treated in Asian nations is very different than how they're treated in the United States. And it's coded different, but sure. Yeah. I mean, there are, but okay. Well, so what about all the blackface? No, that's not okay in any realm. Because here's the thing. I could buy that excuse once that they're like, oh, well, we didn't know the ramifications and impacts of this when the Bubble Sisters released the most objectively racist album cover I have ever seen in my life. Completely awful. In 2003. We will link to it. But if you're curious right now and you're listening to this, just Google Bubble Sisters 2003 and buckle up it's so offensive and like with these k-pop production companies it went through enough people that somebody should have fucking said no like someone in 2017 knew that was wrong and the they use these kids to cause controversy and these kids are obligated by contract to do whatever they want like anything that shit's so fucked up it's super sad i have like goosebumps thinking about how sad that is and then, like, the idols take the blame instead of the corporations. Yeah, because I'm, sure, the, I'm sure some of those people in blackface, they had to have not wanted to do it. Okay, but what about the the, the dude who went in blackface and, like, like he's clearly trying to, like... Oh, G-Dragon? Look like Big Bang? Trayvon Martin, basically. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck the context was of that. Someone should have been like, dude, don't do that. Yeah. But again, we don't like it's super racist and awful, but I don't know what Korean culture is like. And like, it's not to say that that's ever going to be okay ever, but I don't know that they always know that. And I feel like it's not talked about and that doesn't make it any less racist and terrible, but but it's just some context. It is talked about because we'll, we'll in a minute talk about the treatment people who question or criticize this get from their fellow k-pop fans and the thing about this especially like all the blackface stuff you're you're trying to operate within the american market Mm -hmm. so ignorance isn't really an excuse no it's definitely not an excuse and i think that they're doing it on purpose for shock value and they just are like so broken in the like ad sense you know what i mean of just trying to like get clicks almost is what it's like and that's a fucking stupid way to do it. I just feel bad for the idols because it's not like up to them. Yeah, like the the Bubble Sisters thing that happened in two thousand three, and That's so not long ago. It, which yeah, it's yeah. but it kind of is like it, and I could buy it in that case. Like I could buy them being like, oh yeah, we didn't know how. Re-, even though what's happening on that album cover goes beyond blackface. Like yes, it's, it's just the most vile depictions of black people. Like what I want to know about K-pop is where are they getting their information about black people? That's what I want to know too, because, okay, I will keep bringing up BTS and I'm sorry, but with BTS, they knew that they wanted to have a big rap and hip hop element when they first came out. So their production company actually sent them to America to have training from Los Angeles rappers like Coolio and fucking, I don't remember who else because it was 10 years ago now, but they took them to Compton and was like, this is where you're getting this music from. And BTS was like so grateful for knowing and the whole thing. But that I really like gives me goosebumps. It's re- yeah, they're that's, very, they're very pure. They're very pure boys. So and I that's feel the like thing. BTS they're is, like in all this blackface stuff, like they're one of the groups that rarely comes up. And they, they also donated a million dollars to Black Lives Matter. Yes, yeah. they very much. They've given speeches at the UN. They are very much um, pro-humanity, pro-human rights, pro-equality. They're very pure boys. So I kind of feel like BTS sort of exists outside of K-pop as a whole because they're so gold tier, like I've said already. Yeah, but they're kind I, of just pop at this point. Like I know they came from K-pop, but they're kind of pop. I think that they're still yeah. K-pop because that's what they want to represent. But I do sure. wish that Big Hit, their production company, would come forward and denounce any racist fans, any racist army. Their fans are called army. And because that would change so much because these fucking we'll get to it. <laughs> yeah. But the so that thing happened in 2003. And 
we'll link to some of these articles, but the blackface stuff just keeps happening. Like the, there was an example that happened in 2015. The dude's not just in blackface. He's eating watermelon. And it's so fucked up. Like there's there are no I can't think of any American resources that they would be going to for information about black people and getting this. Yeah, like, totally. Like this is like slavery images. Like I like so yes. high and hormonal and I'm so outside of this. Like I'm not black. I'm not Korean and I'm not really a K-pop fan that like learning all of this just makes me want to cry. <laughs> oh, you could cry. <laughs> I, I might. Would... I love crying. Before <laughs> this episode, I was like, this is, we were both talking about how this is going to be pretty dark because K-pop in a way mirrors a lot of the issues with everything in America. Exactly. And that's why it just like it it strikes a certain place in me that just makes me like real sad. Yeah, because uh, ultimately they just want to make good, fun music. And then why (laughs) they got to be fucking racist about it? It's so weird. Yeah, it is. I can't wrap my head around it. Like, it makes no sense to me. And I think that's why it makes me emotional is like usually I'm like, I can make things make sense. Right. Like I can like make and this I'm just like, I, I, I can't. Everyone's doing a really not everyone's doing a really bad job, but most people are doing a really bad job. You know, it was really funny to lighten the mood. What? Coolio was very mean to BTS. <laughs> Is there footage? Yes, they had a whole show. It's a whole show of them coming to L.A. for training. And um, it's hilarious. Why, but- was, why was he mean to him? <laughs> I don't know. Probably because he thinks K-pop is racist. <laughs> oh yeah, that Amazing. could be. Maybe that's he'd... so funny. Maybe but he... they were super grateful to learn from them. Like it was pretty nice. So yeah. I guess watch that if you want to see something that is pro- trying to progress forward. Yeah, and do not watch Mama Moo performing Uptown <laughs> Funk in blackface in 2017. That's the other thing is like these bands I've not heard of. And I tried to listen to quite a bit. I don't know what Mama Moo is. (laughs) Yeah. And you listen to some obscure shit, too. Yeah, I would like to think so. But maybe I don't. You know, like I said, it's a very small scope of what I know about Korean music at all. But yeah, blackface is a thing. And it's not okay. And uh, it's not so weird and the the other thing that's concerning about it this isn't necessarily on k-pop performers or the industry but their fans like we've kind of exalted k-pop fans as being this bastion of progressiveness because they like flooded the trump rally thing with requests and they uh flooded the white lives matter hashtag with videos which that i think was a little questionable because that you could just let that hashtag die and but because of stuff like that they've like taken on this air of being really progressive but then when you go out and look at all of these stories about black fans who will question like a k-pop singer using the n-word or all of the blackface they just get a bunch of racism and sometimes rape threats back from those fans which i know kind of mirrors almost every fucking fandom in some cases but yeah like some of the meanest things i've ever seen are from drag race fans yes like like, like, why why are we policing something that's supposed to be a safe space i don't i don't get it it's so uh, toxic fandoms are one of the more problematic things I think that we have from internet culture yes. because it's just mass bullying Yep. and the people that are doing it will do fucking cartwheels to not ever see your perspective. It's and crazy. It's so frustrating. And I really wish that BTS and Big Hit would just like be like, there can be no racism in ARMY. Like, stop it. Yeah. The, because, yeah. Well, the the reason that would be helpful, not just for this issue, but even for like the, the treatment of women in K-pop. K-pop is such a huge industry in Korea. And if they start demanding change and if they don't get it, they're like, yeah, we're going to shut shit down. That's going to impact the Korean economy. Like they're, they're kind of like the McDonald's of Korean entertainment. When McDonald's gets pressure to make a change, if they do it, everyone else does it because mm-hmm. they want to do what McDonald's is doing. 
And if K-pop could just be more vocal about the need for things like this to change, they could actually cause some actual change in yes. a place like Korea, where the way women women are treated is pretty fucking brutal sometimes. And yeah, but they don't. <laughs> they don't. Yeah. And I think it's a big problem in entertainment in general, no matter where you are in the world, because they still want to appeal to the pockets of people who are morality shitty people like just not like no matter what sexism racism they're doing they don't want to denounce it because they still want those people's money right and that's just fucking shitty capitalism and that i think is really really toxic because everyone just wants wants to hustle and get the bag and it doesn't matter who it's from i even fucking do it i won't block people sometimes that piss me off because i still want them to give me money yeah i mean that that is a very common thing i remember back when the the first wave of black lives matter protests started back around 2014 with michael brown and uh, eric garner i remember a dude i used to work with at cracked he tweeted i'm tired of having to be neutral to not piss off fans black lives matter and i was like so what before this you were worried about pissing off racists like yeah what like what kind of mindset is that like i went into this industry wanting to piss off racists <laughs> like, me too that, dog. that's like top three of goals like piss off racists yeah. piss off homophobes and piss off everyone else who deserves it and if you yeah. don't get their money you'll probably sleep better at night totally yeah i think my goal is was similar because my i feel like mine was more to trick them into laughing at themselves right yeah that's pretty much my goal with sexism in general yeah and like yeah it's once you can laugh at themselves you can let them see how fucking stupid they are but i think if you've seen jessica or i stand up at any point that's probably obvious (laughs) (laughs) not if you saw my most recent set that was just all about animals looking like people i really hope that i didn't read anybody's (laughs) dm that was in the zoom I hope you did. did, Yeah, (laughs) I really hope you did. Um, But but no, that's the thing I really hate the most about Taylor Swift is she won't denounce white supremacy because she doesn't want to lose her white supremacist fans. And that I feel like she did recently endorse Biden, though. Yeah, and she also likes gay people, but that doesn't make you not (laughs) doesn't change that you are supporting white supremacy. (laughs) No, it's frustrating. Yeah, one of the we were talking about how k-pop fans who question this shit get treated one of the examples there is a, a singer named hong Jung from the group atiz is that how you pronounce a-t-e-e-z all caps i think it's probably that yeah no say and uh she was criticized for wearing cornrows in a promotional photo and when black k-pop fans spoke up about it the fans of this group lost their shit and started sending black fans replies like that's why people out there hate black people uh one user who was interviewed by the website the verge tweeted about another k-pop artist who used the n-word and this is a quote i woke up to a lot of retweets and people in my mentions telling me to delete it another fan got called the n-word while arguing with someone about how k-pop singers shouldn't use the n-word got all this pressure to delete the tweet and she eventually did. And that's the thing, all that coordination you see when K-pop fans are disrupting a Trump rally or flooding a hashtag, they do it too when someone criticizes the band they like and it turns into shit like this. Yeah, and that's when fandoms are dangerous and scary and toxic as fuck. It's just not okay for any group of people to label and other another group of people within one group even like that's so ridiculous you all like the same thing that's gatekeepy as fuck racist as fuck like that's what i'm saying like big hit the production company needs to come out with a statement because i mean i guess donating a million dollars to black lives matter isn't enough of a statement for people Yeah, I mean, it's a statement for sure, but it's also the thing a lot of K-pop fans use to defend themselves against accusations of racism. They're they're just kind of like, well, BTS gave a million dollars to Black Lives Matter. What do you want? That's very much the I have a black friend vibe. Yes. Yeah. I hate that shit. You are right that Big Hit did immediately 
apologize when a member of BTS released Ooga. a song released a song that sampled a speech by cult leader Jim Jones. And like, if you did that sometime other than now, in the midst of all of these Black Lives Matter protests, people might not have been upset. But Jim Jones mm-hmm. killed a lot of black people. And mm-hmm. I get that again, they're like, oh, we didn't know. Well, fucking look it up. I know it's weird. Like I'm imagining the situation that these producers have this like a sound bank of weird speeches. Like what the fuck is that? I don't think that that's real. And also I feel bad for Suga because he had to definitely take the rap for that, even though it was definitely producers who put that in. But I think that they did a good job with it actually of taking responsibility and apologizing and removing it from the song, which like Hollywood could take a fucking note. Jesus Christ. Apologize. Take responsibility for your actions. Take action towards being better. Wow. Create change. Learn a fucking thing. Yeah. Be like BTS and Secret Life of Pets 2 that didn't use Louis C.K. and had him replaced with Patton Oswalt. I didn't know that. That's so funny. Wait, what happened? I love Secret So Louis C.K. is the lead dog in Secret Life of Pets. And oh. after everything happened in Secret Life of Pets 2, they used Patton Oswalt instead. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. It's so easy. If Secret Life of Pets 2 can do it, so can you. <laughs> also, just like deplatform people who suck. Like, yeah. Twitter also, Twitter also could be like, hey, maybe don't say the N-word. Yeah. Like maybe those reports should get through to somebody who deletes that tweet because it's hate speech. Oh my God. Instead yeah. of you know, the fucking titties or whatever. Everybody's like, get the bag. And it's so fucking just perpetuating racism. Yes. And sexism and everything. And, and also the other thing is you want to create a discourse with these people initially. You're like, oh, maybe I can change their mind. Maybe they'll understand me. And you just can't. Nah, the it internet. Sucks. You can't change anyone's mind on the internet. You crazy? It's so sad. And yeah, the response to the Jim Jones incident. This is a quote from Carolyn Hines, who is a black film critic and journalist and K-pop fan. Black fans were getting insulted. People were called gorillas roaches i was told that i was an anti and i was a hater and i wasn't smart enough to understand and that's like the mild stuff sometimes it's like rape threats things like that there's a buzzfeed article that we'll link to where they talk to like a dozen or so bts fans of color about what their experience has been like uh just within this fandom and one of the quotes from that uh there was one of the girls they interviewed, I don't remember what the she got in the, the dispute over initially, but this is a quote. I've been called the N-word, a porch monkey. People have gone far enough to tell me they hope I die or get raped, and I don't call it out. I just delete or block that person because it's mostly on Anon. And I think that's a reference to an app called Curious Cat, where which I had never heard of until I read these articles. Yeah, I hadn't either. Why would I'm you on want, it all the time? Why would you want <laughs> an anonymous place to have people judge you? That but just also, reminds it's not okay either way. That just reminds me of like having sp- form spraying as a teenager. It's like, oh, did you? Oh, did you want to start a fight? Yeah. But it's also it's not okay, obviously. But I would just never go on a place where anonymous people could tell me anything. Yeah, Uh, it's all bad. (laughs) That seems like playing with fire these days. And uh, you have Rick and Morty in the notes. I know their fans are fucking monsters, too. Yeah, I'm just talking about how not even specifically K-pop is a racist fandom. I feel like there's so many racist fandoms and not to say that it's not a problem because it is and I think we've said that a, a lot but I think that toxic fandoms are a big problem in entertainment in general people like have ownership over stuff they like and want to gatekeep it for whatever reason and it's just like okay fun police well like that's why I hate I don't always love telling people that I love drag race or South Park because like the South Park fandom is terrible and like the drag race fandom can be terrible and it's just like and hella racist and it's just like yeah fandoms are gross I'm just a fan of things I'm not a part of a fandom here's a question what can we do about toxic fans I don't think they're Really I is think that the anything. people who make the thing that they're fans of need to denounce whatever shitty thing is happening. Like, you're not a true fan if you're racist or sexist or homophobic. And I think that some things have done that. To say if it's effective or not, I have no fucking clue. But, or like RuPaul say something positive about trans people. <laughs> yeah, come on, Ru. Like, 
Jesus fucking Christ. It's so embarrassing. Um, that's how I feel about a lot of it. It's like embarrassed of society as a whole. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of like when I talked about getting censored a lot by Instagram. I don't know what any solution is except for screaming into the void, which feels very tiring and pointless. Yeah. At least you have an article now. Yeah, that's pretty much screaming into the void. There's literally no end to that article. <laughs> I bet you didn't get any toxic backlash from that article, though, right? I did. Oh, come on. No. Yeah. I didn't see literally, that coming at someone all. Was like, literally, someone was like, so what are you going to do about it? <laughs> and I was like, bitch, I don't know. <laughs> that's yeah. the whole thing. I hate that when people are like, Oh, you're just presenting a problem and not telling us how to fix it. Motherfucker, it's not my job to fix it. Can we just say that talking about stuff is probably the best route to trying to fix something if there's no solution, you dumb fucks? 100%. Yeah. Also, I've noticed a lot of people um, coming for other people's intelligence on the internet lately. And I would just like to say that your education, especially in this country, comes directly from your class. And so you're being fucking classist. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, you hate poor people. Uh, that's that's a great point. <laughs> it really, no, it really is. Like, I just thought about it because I hadn't really said it anywhere, and I'm just like, hmm, fuck everyone. Yeah, it's elitist as shit. The way women are treated in K-pop is uh, kind of appalling, and I do accept that there is some cultural background to this. I know women are mistreated literally everywhere but just read up on how it happens in (laughs) asia and like i feel like the things that we're about to talk about that happened to some of these women k-pop artists would not fly here like absolutely would not happen like okay so you think uh, someone would could go on like the tonight show here and jimmy fallon berates her about not making cute faces at him to the point that she cries and you think american audiences would be like why didn't you make those cute faces for him you're you're the one who's wrong because that's what happened in one of these examples these two girls from a group called cara went on a variety show called radio star the male hosts one badgered one girl about rumors that she had a boyfriend which is basically illegal if you're a k-pop artist to the point that she broke down crying after the host said he would ruin her if she did not comply and then the other girl who was on the show with her they turned their attention to her and started demanding that she make cute faces at them and when she didn't do it they started berating her to the point that she broke down and cried and after all that happened the fans were mad at those girls and they were forced out of the group that would not happen here I don't like, know. Sounds a lot like my childhood. Yeah. That, when was your childhood? Was it in 2020? No, it was the 90s, but I just thought it was a funny thing to say also. But, it was. <laughs> but I do. Because it does sound like Jen's childhood. It does. It's like, be cute. Oh, you're cute. We still fucking hate you. <laughs> but it is and, like, it is 2020. And like, things like this. Yeah, I don't know if that would fly in America now because we would rather be at war with each other than try to like embarrass someone on a personal level i think (laughs) yeah and there's uh another example this one blows my mind a a male member of a group called super junior claimed he was i love that name just as a side note it is it is a fun name Super Uh, Junior is so, I don't know their music. I don't know anything about them, but that's a cute ass name. This is also the guy who was in blackface as Samuel L. Jackson in the last article we talked about. Cool, 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 cool. Super Junior. And uh, Uh. he at one point said he thought he was the most handsome person in his group. And K-pop fans were like, oh, that's so cute. Meanwhile, someone discovered that a singer named Sully from a group called FX, she's a woman, had written in her diary as a nine-year-old child, I think I'm pretty, but I don't get why other people think so too. And she was vehemently attacked by K-pop fans for saying that. Because like in the Blackpink documentary, isn't Jisoo the one that's like, I thought I was super ugly as a kid? Mm -hmm. Well, that... 
That's, I don't. I don't feel like she's gotten backlash for that, but I also don't know about any of this stuff. I just watched the documentary. No, they were mad at her for calling herself pretty yeah. at a nine. At nine, even oh. though, yeah, that's how. Well, I mean, that's fucking all the time ever with the internet in general too is women aren't allowed to like themselves or think they're beautiful and that's part of why i fucking show my ass on the internet is because it's more of a protest than anything to just love myself and i have a hard time doing it because i feel like people judge me i I almost want to delete everything every day because i'm scared that people are talking shit about me it's ultimately a better thing you know yeah no we're taught to be self-deprecating the whole time like I literally like just put up pictures of myself that I'm like oh these are so cute and then after I put them up I was like why did I put the prettiest picture at the end oh because I'm like embarrassed of feeling beautiful yeah women aren't which allowed is like to think what they're pretty <laughs> only other people are allowed to think women are pretty you can't think it about yourself yeah it's, it's a bad it's really sad and that's just like an extreme depiction of that and like just it written flat out for us to see and it sucks so fucking shitty and they also she was nine <laughs> yeah. yeah that sucks every nine-year-old fucking hates them. well every nine-year-old girl i think how did they get her diary yeah i don't know how they got her diary that's i don't shady. like that at all but uh she was eventually forced out of the industry After people found out she was dating a rapper, a guy named Choiza, he later went on SNL Korea and made a bunch of jokes about it. Like, what the fuck? Can these women get a little support? Jesus Christ. Like, it just seems like like that same thing where they take all these elements from 90s rap and R&B and turn it into like the most extreme version of that. Mm -hmm. They do it with the bad stuff, too, is the problem. It's like 20 years ago on steroids. Yeah. Yeah. Also, this industry happens so quickly compared to our music industry. And it's just like kind of shocking to watch the entertainment industry get toxic in real time. Yeah. Yeah. There there are too many examples of this to go through them all. But it's it's definitely a problem. One of the things that happens to women in K-pop also is they enter into these contracts that we'll talk about later. And one of the stipulations is you can't have a boyfriend. Because if the fans find out you have a boyfriend, they're going to attack you. There was, uh, in one of these cases, a girl group like batted their eyelashes at a boy band on a TV show and people lost their shit. And it's like, why can't this music happen without that? Like, why, why does that have to be written into these contracts to make music? Like, I get that fans are going to act that way, but they're acting that way because k-pop has accepted it they're like well that's how the fans are so this is how you have to act and it's it's brought them a lot of money and it's like no your fans need to change very badly um fans just need to stop having ownership over people that they enjoy the art of like there's no you don't own them in any way shape or form you don't own Mm -hmm. their uh like you don't own how they look to other people you can't change that i don't know why people think it's up to them to navigate anything <laughs> yeah i don't know why people can't just let people enjoy things <laughs> that is that is the million dollar question on the internet like, yeah like why 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 how is especially why can't women just bat their eyes at someone like what the fuck is that what is that weird controlling ownership i did learn a weird thing about korean like bar culture that i hadn't known about um from a music video and apparently okay at like dance clubs in korea there's booths that all the girls sit in and the boys will ask a waiter to go ask the girl to dance with them. And the girl's expected to say no, even if she wants to. And I don't know if that's still a thing, but it was a thing that was kind of talked about. And I don't get that at all. What if they say yes? Everyone's like, ooh, you're a slut. And it's like, then no one is dancing. (laughs) Yeah, then why why even go through that song and dance? Just sit there and sign test to see if they're a slut. Yeah, it's like very... I don't know if it's still like that again, but that whole idea of culture kind of added up to the batting of the eye anger. Because I was like, well, if women are supposed to say no, then any interest in men is frowned upon. So it's like very much sexist as fuck. (laughs) So fucking weird. Yeah. 
and uh, sexual abuse seems to be a bit of an issue in K-pop also. I feel like there could be an entire episode about this incident called the Burning Sun scandal. They're so good. Burning Sun was the name of a club that was owned by a guy named Sangri, who was a member of the group Big Bang. And in January of 2019, all these stories started circulating in the media about this club goer named Kim Sang Kyo, who was assaulted by staff at the club after trying to assist a woman who, depending on which source you read, was either being sexually harassed or sexually assaulted. And according to those reports, when police showed up, they arrested him instead of the staff members who assaulted him. He was booked on seven different charges, including criminal battery, indecent acts, and defamation. He claims he was subsequently assaulted by police after being taken into custody. And this kicked off a huge scandal involving this Sangri guy to the point, to their credit, when something like this happens in Korea, like including with this guy, even if there's no like law punishment, like there's no jail time or prosecution or anything like this guy's done. Like he had to, he didn't resign from his job after this. He resigned from the industry, Yeah, which is obviously a good thing, but also he's resigning from an industry that kind of perpetuates what he was doing. So Mm -hmm. The industry sort of needs to address it also, or things like this will just keep happening. Like like when all the stuff with Louis C.K. in comedy happened, like it's great that Louis C.K. got taken down, but what about the people who were shielding but, him? But like he didn't, though. No, he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> like, hold on, let's not. But here's Sarah the thing. Silverman, Tiffany Haddish, and a bunch of other comics posted. Dave Chappelle posted a bunch of pictures with him. Well, fucking like, Amy Poehler still has the same agent as Louis C.K., yeah. and that agent is the guy yep. who was protecting Louis C.K. Yep. Like, if that guy doesn't go down, then the shit will never stop happening. 100%. Like, you have to take down the people who are allowing it to happen, not just the people who are doing it. And yeah, or, and it's like with the Chris D'Elia stuff, you don't have to take him down. You also have to take down the guy whose apartment was right next door that he was letting him bring all these girls to. I can't oh, remember his name. I haven't looked into that that much. Yeah, but. it's the same kind of shit, though. It's like no one is looking at everything that allowed these things to happen. Yeah. And yeah, they need to be gatekeepy about different things. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Like, what are our priorities? Like, what is going on? Can we be gatekeepy about rapists? Maybe that would be, that would be super cool. And it wouldn't be that like, what hard. The fuck? It wouldn't. Is it all capitalism's fault? Like there's no ethical decisions under capitalism. We already talked about that. Like, is it just money and power fueled? Like, I don't like what makes people so bad. I don't get it. I don't know, man. I think in cases like this, it is money. Yeah, it's a lot of yeah. money and power. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think you are. And and I think we don't want it to be as simple as that because it's so fucked up. And to us, none of this outweighs like the money and the power doesn't outweigh how wrong it all is. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want it to be something else. But I think that is mostly what it is. And we started talking that makes me want to like throw up we started talking about this burning sun scandal and we we did no 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 no. i i'm not saying it that way um and it's another thing we don't have enough time to cover it in its entirety but everything i just said sounds crazy enough like a guy getting arrested for trying to stop a sexual assault that's crazy but the things that happen after that in this scandal like for one thing, they the police launched an investigation. One thing they found was that the police were cooperating with the people at this club to keep them shielded from sexual assault and sexual harassment allegations. Meanwhile, inside the club, they're like drugging women and offering them up to investors when they show up. And one of the things they found in investigating this, they found surveillance video that one did show this guy getting assaulted that night and also showed a drugged woman being dragged down a hallway by her hair. Like that is high level bad. Like that is. Yes. And it's still just kind of the tip of the iceberg in terms of what they found, because then they well, end it's up, one of the, yeah, they ahead. end up getting this Sangri guy's phone And he's got all these videos of women that he filmed without their consent. Some of them are sex videos. Some of them are videos of women going to the bathroom. 
And like, this is just the stuff we're finding, too. Yeah, it's the stuff we're it's finding. Like, fuck. And it was happening in a club that the public could go to. So it was it had to be pretty well known. I mean, the police were aiding them in doing all of this. Yeah. And it's that just I'm not shocked by. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, oh, police being corrupt. Yeah, the police Since are normally what? so good. It's very upsetting. And I to illustrate how much of a controversy this all was, the only time I've ever seen anything besides music videos on at a KBBQ restaurant was when this scandal was happening and they were covering it. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was pretty huge. A lot of what they found on his phone was through cacao talk messages. Ka-talk. Let's talk about slave contracts. When I was researching this, I was like, oh, what are the work conditions like at, in the K-pop industry? I Googled K-pop work conditions, and the first result was a Wikipedia page about slave contracts. That's not a good sign. And this was kind of my concern with the documentary, because it's about Blackpink, who are huge. Like, they're selling out stadiums. And you watch this documentary, and I I know it might have changed by now, but they're living in a fucking dorm. What I was bothered by even more is, like, their work schedule. Yes. They work 14 hours a day, 13 days, and then they get a day off. And, like, for anyone that's so hard, I cannot imagine being a teenager and working like that. Yeah, and these girls... Like, all you know. They start out when they're very young. Like, some of Mm -hmm. these groups trained for like five and six years and they start when they're like 12 and it it seems like it it actually explains a little bit of what we're going to talk about next which is suicides in k-pop like does it have to be that much training i think that um massive regulations and changes need to be made towards the idol training programs because i don't feel like they're very regulated i feel like they just kind of promise these kids the potential of this life that's probably like all they've ever wanted and so you'd do anything to get it and when we watch blackpink that's like the best case scenario right like there's so many of these kids that don't become pop stars and then like when that's all you've done 14 hours a day i want to say 13 days a week because i don't know how to say it (laughs) But that's all you've done. That's got to be such like a midlife crisis at like 20 yeah. or like an existential crisis. Like we all have. Existential oh, like if you cri- don't get into a group. Yes. Like what exist? what an existential crisis to have at like, I mean, we all have them at like 18 to 20, I feel like. But that would just make me feel like such shit. That's all. Yeah. These, <laughs> like- these contracts. And I should mention one thing I did find is that, and this probably explains why Blackpink is one of the exceptions. Uh, This thing I'm going to talk about next, YG Entertainment, which is the company behind Blackpink, and I think BTS also. No, they're a big hit. Big hit. They they don't do this, which is when these girls and dudes also enter in, but it's worse for the women, if you can believe that. But (laughs) they enter into these contracts and they go through these years and years and years of training and they're charged for that training. So once they start making money, a lot of it just goes back to paying off that training. So you've already been basically like they call them slave contracts. Like you have been slaving away 14 hours a day, 13 days a week. (laughs) And you finally hit the big time. And it's like, where's my money? Am I making any money? And YG Entertainment doesn't charge people for the training. So okay, there's that. that's nice to hear. Uh, and Big Hit is a smaller production company that like BTS, I believe, was one of their first tries. And um, they were not successful at all when they first started in the fandom perpetuated their success that much that Big Hit became big. And so it was kind of weird. This is interesting. This seems like another one of those examples of things that we saw happening with 90s R&B artists especially like TLC I think is the best example where they just entered into this terrible fucking contract that ended in them selling millions and millions and millions of records and having no money and this is like a more extreme version of that because no one's really even lying to these girls saying oh you're gonna make a whole lot of money it's like you're gonna be a star but yeah do what we say and we're gonna take all your money when you become a star and don't think you're pretty. 
Don't bat your eyelashes at anyone. <laughs> That's so horrific. Yeah. But it's very bad. Jessica, you did say you found some articles that say Blackpink doesn't live in a dorm anymore, right? Yeah. And I so they lived in a big house for a minute. And I'm pretty sure they had like a reality Internet show about that. Yeah, they had like like. the Blackpink house show. Yeah. And like their dorm also once they were it was like their more recent dorm when they were Blackpink actually looked really nice. I saw some like layouts of it online. There's like multiple rooms. It's not like a sad. It's like a big kitchen. It's not like a sad dorm. Once they became a big band, I'm sure when they were in training, it's like shitty college dorms. Yeah, um, the training program dorms are not great. But yeah, um, I think Blackpink doesn't have a lot of information just outright about where they live. So it was like a Reddit post and like another random article. But both said that two of them live together. I think Jisoo and Jenny, but I'm not positive. Um, or maybe one of those people in one lives with like her mom, the one that was close with her mom. And she even says in the doc, she lives with her now. So it is really sad because Adam when we were all texting about this was saying like you never see them spend time with their family and it's very sad even like rosie her dad that was like the one that was like go do it do it is like please come home two years in yeah. um because like, yeah, they also want to protect their families so they're never going to show them with them yeah because um, people will find them yeah that's some real shit but it's nice to see that one of them was living with their mom now which is really sweet yeah i just I found that concerning. Like, I, if you watch that documentary, you never see them doing anything but working. Unless they're, like, occasionally, like, one of them, at one point, two of them go get coffee or something. But, like, yeah. otherwise, they're just always working. And then it culminates in them living in, like, it looked like a nice apartment. But also, the, it's one apartment for all of them. And they're this huge group, which just kind of implies that they're not making that much money. Yeah, well, I think it's also for the image, yeah. honestly. Relatable uh, to their fans. Yeah, exactly. And um, the one thing that was kind of concerning to me and a good re- and like a reason that I like to see that not all of them still live together is when they all have a conversation at the end about like their lives and their future. They literally never say I. They always say we. They're like, do you think we'll be married? Do you think we'll have kids? And I'm like... Oh my God, please get an independent identity. I'm so scared for you. Like, <laughs> like that, that kind of talking. I mean, in sororities, even talk like that. And there's groups of girls that are friends that talk like that, but it always freaks me out. <laughs> yeah, just, just the fact that the contracts these groups are signing are just openly called slave contracts does not sit well with me. Like, no, it's not good. No. And there have been some attempts to like impose some regulations on it in Korea, but not enough. There's people still lobbying for lots of rights for K-pop idols as far as their contracts go. And I think that Korea could be listening and trying to reform it, but I really don't know enough about it. Um, But I just do know that there's like a lot of articles about it that are very current. So I feel like it's something they're pushing for. And, uh, Britney Spears is still fighting for her fucking freedom and she's in her 30s. So like maybe we could take a note from trying to reform our pop stars contracts. Yeah. Is that that's her parents, though, doing that, right? Her father. Yes. Yeah. But like uh, same kind of general thing. Yeah. You remember when we were just remember when all the articles about female pop stars were just upskirt photos? Yeah. Oh my God. That, yeah. Remember that? That was so terrible. It's like not that long ago. That's why yeah. I'm like, like, that's why I'm like, yeah, everything's bad. <laughs> yeah. American pop culture is pretty fucking terrible and toxic too. I also think that American uh, culture is too good at hiding sex trafficking. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. That's just a side note. <laughs> uh, so unsurprisingly, there's also a huge suicide problem in k-pop and i think all of the things we've mentioned uh, probably speak to why that is like there is i i've definitely seen it mentioned that one of the problematic features of k-pop is that if you are a singer in one of these groups and you have some sort of mental health issues they don't give a fuck like they are not it's not a thing that they're going like you're not going to get rushed to a therapist to deal with it you're expected yeah, mental health's not so much of a thing yeah, you're expected to just kind of push it down and stick to the image. And one of the articles that we'll link to, it's from 
The Guardian, and it's written by someone who has covered 30 different Korean celebrity suicides, which I'm assuming isn't just K-pop. I'm sure actors, fucking celebrity chefs, I don't fucking know. I don't know what the entertainment industry's like, but suicide is a big problem in K-pop. And like, that's a thing that seems, I mean, I know there are obviously suicides that happen in American music, but it is sort of rare. Like it happens. It's like, again, that thing where they're just 20 years behind. Like there was way more like musician suicides 20 years ago. That's true. Yeah. Like, or even 10 years ago. That's like, I just, I feel like that's how all of it is. Like it, it's on hyperspeed of all of that shit. Um, I also, this is something that BTS talks about a lot that, kind of freaks me out but i also admire it in a weird way i think because of capitalism they always talk about um making sacrifices for their career and that's just something that was never fucking instilled in me so i like don't think about my life like that i wish i had some aspect of that but think about that being one of your core cultural beliefs that you have to make sacrifices for your career yeah yeah i mean I, yeah i guess i don't know what kind of sacrifices they're your time and energy i guess to. i mean i feel like i was taught that i mean it's like so like core though yeah. you know what i mean like it's like you'll do anything to earn the respect in your career and i don't know i i admire it and i also fear it <laughs> That's the thing. All of these issues in K-pop, they're things that can change. Like they're, they're, if they just take the action to do it and it feels like if K-pop does it, some of it, some of that change could trickle down to the country in general, which would be a good thing. Mm -hmm. But hard, hard agree. Like, especially the suicide stuff, just get some of these singers, some fucking Prozac and a therapist. Like, yeah, for real. Let them practice 12 hours a day instead of 13 and have an <laughs> hour. Like that's what prisons do. They let inmates go walk around for an hour. Like yeah, let really. them out for an hour to go see a doctor and make sure they're not going to fucking kill themselves. How hard is that? Yeah. Also. Yeah. Damn. Like a lot of them have 14 hour days too. And then if they're, like really inspired to make their own music a lot of them go home from that and work on production like well, work yeah, on their own like, beats and stuff that was like what rosie was saying in the yeah. blackpink documentary she's like well now this is all work songs so i have to stay up till six in the morning to work on songs that i actually want to work on yeah just like are you sleeping rosie are you okay like, there's multiple members of bts that have solo projects and i have no idea how yeah yeah i mean when i first started in writing which is the like first paid entertainment job i had i guess like i had to do that like i would work a eight hour day job at an office and then i'd have to come home and like research and crank out articles and i'd I didn't sleep a lot, but I also knew it was building up to me being able to just do that one thing. And then I would have, uh, then I would have a little bit of my time back. And it seems like there's no light at the end of the tunnel like that for K-pop singers. Like it just keeps going. Yeah. You're just going to be working 14 hours a day. Like Blackpink, one of the tours they went on was nine months. Yeah. Damn. That's a long time. That's so long. They're so good at packing, though. Did you see how good they were? <laughs> I wanted that trunk that they all had. Yeah. The zip-up trunk. I was like, I think I need that. <laughs> I was afraid I was going to forget that. That was literally a note I made in my head during the movie was they are so good at packing because <laughs> they have to do it so much. But yeah, mental health, I think, in every culture should be more respected and considered because like it just, again, is this whole fucking grind and hustle mentality that like, yeah, Adam, I agree with you. When I first moved out here to do comedy, I was working for a fucking company and (laughs) that I didn't want to name. And my shift was at like, was it three or five in the morning, Jess? It was... I think it was five, but you would just stay up all night and I would be sleeping on your floor in an air mattress and wake up to you throwing your laptop against the wall. Jesus. Dude, it was very bad. Um, and I was like, this is my new best friend. Yeah, what is your problem? Um, 
I love but no, you. we would go out and do a bunch of fucking uh, open mics or yep. shows or whatever. And it would be like midnight or one or two mm-hmm. even when we'd get back. And I'd be like, I have work in a couple hours. I'm just going to ride this high from being on stage until work. And then the next day it just starts over <laughs> and you're fucked. We so I think the that there time. is something to say about like working really hard at the beginning of your career and making sacrifices and whatever. Yeah. None of that was a healthy decision. I'm also about if I get this job I'm trying to get will be working 12 hour days 100%. Yes, because production. Like <laughs> like we've been saying about everything it's just as bad if not worse here. It's just not under a mic like a magnifying glass. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's all worse here though. That's what I'm saying. Like it's it seems to really parallel the music where they'll take things from their influences and make a more extreme version of it but it seems like all this is the more extreme version too in a lot of ways and it's like their culture is so much more like sacrificed for work based like you said so when you put what we have and to the nth degree and then put that framing on it or spin on it or whatever it's gonna be fucking dangerous Yeah. yeah And the thing is, like I said before, if K-pop changes, it could foment some change in the country in general. In like the world. In the world. Because it is like a whole generation. All the youths like them, right? Mm. Most of them? I don't know. It's kind of one of those things like with uh, Fall Out Boy, where you kind of, at this <laughs> point, are kind of a poser for liking BTS. Like, I know a lot of K-pop people who are like, that's not even K-pop anymore. And it's like, yeah, but all the shit you like is toxic. So there you go. Um, yeah. Not all of it. There's a lot of not toxic K-pop that is yes. just trying to be fun music. Um, on the note of suicide, though, I do know that K-pop has helped a lot of people, including myself, because it's a very positive message a lot of times. If you listen to the right bands. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's all bad. Like, no, obviously. I just am trying to say that I know that there's been suicides, but I'm sure it's helped a lot of people not commit suicide, too, because I'm trying to be positive. All right. So dark jokes right. over. Do we have do we have any final thoughts on K-pop? I'm like, I don't I don't mean this to like just shit on the industry and say it's all bad. Like it's like. It means a lot to people. They make good music. Like, I get it. But God damn, lighten up on them kids. Like, yeah. Like, like, I would love to hear what, like, a black person who's into K-pop or, like, a Korean person that's into K-pop, if you want to message, usually I'm like, don't message me. But I would genuinely like you to message me and tell me what you think about this. Cause, same. Especially if I'm fucking saying anything that's wrong, please yeah. fucking correct me. Because I have no problem with being wrong. I will say I'm sorry. I will take responsibility. Love being wrong. Love learning. Same. I I don't want to hear it. If I'm <laughs> wrong, you don't fucking question me at all. But that's kind of my final thoughts on it because I really don't know a lot about this. Right. Same. And I don't feel like I can speak to Korean culture because I'm not Korean. And, you know, well, I all mean, I am is a woman. I'm not trying to. <laughs> I'm a Jew. Pres- I'm, not I'm a trying- woman and a Jew. I'll speak for both of those parties. I should clarify. I'm not trying to presume that I know a lot about Korean culture. I no, just I know. read I'm just the saying articles. That's like the missing- that- no, I'm just saying that's the piece I, I would like to know. Like that, I'm not, yeah. Like it's it's in a lot of the reporting about K-pop that there are some of these are cultural things. Like it's not esoteric information that's hard to find. Like you can Google it. No, I know. I just you know I value people's perspective a lot and am curious. Oh, see again, not me. I I value my perspective. I'm a I'm a people, but other than that, woof. Also, um, shout out to people who DM me and are nice. Sorry if I don't respond. It's because I um, am scared or tired. <laughs> I have work it, to do. I can't answer DMs. And in case you listen to this one and not Trend Pony, thank you so much if you came to the comedy show. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I still... I, again, had a really good time, and I appreciate you. Oh, also, if you subscribe to my OnlyFans, I'll automatically respond to you because you're paying me. <laughs> mm, yeah, there that is. Yep. Yeah, come to the next, <laughs> come to the next on Pops Comedy Show too, which is November thirteenth, Friday the thirteenth. Spooky, spooky, and it'll be like ten days after the election, so extra spookier. Spooky. Yeah. <laughs> 
tickets for that in the the lineup and whatnot will be up soon do we have anything else to plug before we get out of here listen to trend pony uh get the patreon going up in your life and uh listen to all the podcasts from unpopular opinion it's worth it it's worth <laughs> it for just our podcast i don't know about the other ones they yeah seem cool. they do they seem great also, actually i know what the subjects are every week so they are cool <laughs> oh yeah you'd be making that album art yeah, and I usually end up doing too much research in between because I'm interested in whatever the topic is. <laughs> and so I learn about everything that you guys talk about. Nice. Yeah. I don't have anything else to plug. Yeah, I'm Jessica420, bro, on Instagram and Twitter and Venmo. I'm not giving out my Twitter handle in case any rabid fucking k-pop fans listen to this i mean here's the thing you can tweet at me i don't i haven't had notifications on my phone since like 2016 (laughs) so tweet away maniacs i will not notice but i think that's it let's get the fuck out of here jen say goodbye love you bye jessica say goodbye bye goodbye everybody we love you (laughs) 